What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, anime, cartoons, action figures, comic books, and more. Did I not say comic books? You <laughs> haven't said it in the last four episodes. But it's I'm been a long, long month. It's been a long month. In a long month. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson, Richard Wilson, Christopher St. Victor. Gentlemen, what how up? are you? What's going on? How's your week been? What are you playing? What are you watching? What did you buy? Ooh, I'll tell you what I copped. This is, uh, again, turning out to be one of my favorite comic book artists right now, Peach Mamako. Peach I Peach. Mean, Peach Peach. This is just another dope drawing. I- I'm just, I'm in love with the covers, man. We got Captain America in a Mech Avenger suit. Oh, is what that is. Uh, and the comic's not bad. It's called Avenger Mechon. And then the other thing I'm reading is the Me You Love in the Dark. Yeah, oh. you, we posted that on Instagram. That looks very interesting. I, I'll tell you what, man. I, I feel like it is a great time. For comics right now, there's a lot of new content coming out. There's a lot of just great art. And there's a lot of new indie comic book publishers that are pumping stuff out. So it's it's actually – it's funny how comics, I would say 10 years ago, 5, 10 years ago, seem to just kind of be dipping off the radar. And they are making an awesome comeback. And not just superhero stuff for, for casual readers. Like there's – just a plethora of just dope stories being put out there. 100%. Yeah. Chris, what's up with you, man? Ooh, let me show you what I got. So today I actually have comics as opposed to toys. So I have Flash Rogues, Reverse Flash on Trade. Now, I actually didn't buy this for me. I bought Sebastian Pickus out because he's obsessed. His favorite superhero is Flash. His favorite villain is Reverse Flash. So he oh, wants nice. something that we yeah he wants something that, that, that we could read together. Um, so he got that, and then we he picked out this comic book, a Flash comic book. I, I'm I'm lost in the storylines, but uh, we'll find out what it, what's go, what goes on with. Who's that on the cover? Do you do you recognize who's on the cover? It looks like uh it looks like Fire I think it looks like Firefly. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna jump to the end and ruin the story. Spoiler: uh, <laughs> Heat Wave. I heard of it. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I'm not that familiar with Flash's Rogues Gallery, but uh, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. I think, I know, I think he's been, the, the, the character's been on the Flash CW series as like uh, Captain Cold's like, yeah, best friend, old friend, old criminal friend. Yeah. Um, so that, that, yeah, that, that may be, uh, yeah, I don't know that much about him either, but I remember seeing him on the CW. Nice, nice man. Rich, what's up with what's you? Up? Listen, all I've been doing is just watching my shows. I uh, started playing uh, Diablo Resurrected Demo, which is a Diablo 2 Resurrected Demo, which everyone who's any, anyone who's familiar with Diablo was a computer game. Now they're porting it over to the consoles or whatever. Pretty dope game. And I'm getting those real old school vibes playing it. Like, I used to play on a computer. Don't get you know, I used to play on a computer like way many, many years, many years ago, before the Xbox came out, for a brief moment. But, you know, I, was, I had to go back to it. I had to get those tingles back again. And what I bought, you know, kind of went out there. I got uh, had to keep keep on with the collection of Marble Legends. Yeah, nice. Or Charles Xavier, the House of X. He's in a, a black jumpsuit. He has the 
the uh, the helmet on with the X shape. I believe that's the um, Cerebro. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the Cerebro helmet. And then he also has a replaceable head with just his bare head and uh, the the uh, mind wave vibes coming from it. And I got another attachment for that other uh, that Sentinel. I so got, right now you have the correct. Magneto, you have the Magneto and the the X Professor X now. Correct. And you got the villain in white and the hero in black, which is a nice yeah. reversal. And yeah. Cerebro going uh, on the go. Like, I don't need the big dome to wear it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Cerebro on the go. I'm glad on that the you go, embraced bro. it. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> that you embraced the Legends line because uh, it's toys that I do not have to buy. Yeah, I was, when I was going through, I was looking at a, a, a few others, and I was like, "Let me let me finish one first before I start moving to the next." Because there's there's also there's other parts where um you collect like five of them, six of them, excuse me, and you build like the, the extra character, and then there's an extra character which on this one is Wolverine. He doesn't come with a part for the Sentinel. Oh, so Wolverine is in his uh, his classic um his uh brown and yellow with the black mask. No, okay. See, that's how yeah. that is how they get you. Because they'll have a character that nobody wants. But if you want to finish your Sentinel, you got to get him. Now, yeah. you know you yeah. want Wolverine. He don't come with a spare piece. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 I don't know. I don't know who Nora uh, Mag, Mag, Mag Targaryen. I'm messing the name up. I don't know who the hell she is, but I have to get her to get the other part. Is that the one that, isn't that, isn't that Professor X's love interest? Or that is was it? Myra. Oh, Myra, that's right. So I have no idea who, who you're talking about. I'm a yeah. DC guy. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're diehards, y'all. Diehards! Diehards! <laughs> so. Nice. Um, for me, I didn't pick anything up this week, guys. I've just been consuming content that I put off for a while. So I Titans. I've been watching mm-hmm. Titans. Rich, you've been watching Titans. I've been watching Titans, too, yes. Dude. I didn't watch episode four yet. I watched one, I two, three. I haven't either. Yeah. Yo, let me, all right. For, for anyone not watching Titans, this show is so dope. But here's a disclaimer. You have to be okay with this being a what if type series. Like if you're a diehard Batman fan, it needs to be like the, the comic book is your religion. It needs to be a faithful adaption. You're going to be pissed off. If you feel the same way about Titans, you're going to be pissed off. But if you love Batman just enough to be casual, <laughs> I think you'll dig the show. I'm enjoying it. I, oh, Chris, did, did you did you get your Batman '89 comic? Not yet, not yet. Whoa! What? I what? Know, Yo, I know, I know. Two I brothers know. and a shot of milk. Yeah, out. Listen, man. I, I went, I went to buy it, and they were out. So I got to go to my other. You're oh, like the yeah, biggest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not only is Christopher Saint Victor a big Batman fan, he is a massive Batman '89 fan. For those That's who don't Tim know, that is Tim Burton. He beat me to it. <laughs> For those who don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I read the issue. Jack, did you read your issue yet? Or are you keeping that like? Yeah, yeah. No, I read. Well, I bought two. So I guess that makes up for Chris not buying one. Look, look, I went to buy it. I went to buy it and they didn't have it. So Man. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy I have a trip coming up. I'm leaving tomorrow, so I plan on buying some comics to read, and I plan on binging on Titans. So Dude. I should be able to get some get some good uh, viewing time. That Batman '89 comic, when I when I read it the first time, I was kind of thrown off about it. 
then I had to like recalibrate my head to I'm not reading a Batman comic. I'm reading a sequel to the movie and it's a different Batman. He has he has a different outlook on what it is to be a hero. He has a certain care he has for the city that's different than our traditional Batman. Spoiler alert. I just want to get a little spoiler. Spoiler alert. Just a tiny little spoiler. He's sitting there and like Harvey Dent is like, Batman saved $2 million worth of stolen goods, but caused $3 million worth of property damage. <laughs> and Bruce is kind of okay with that. <laughs> principal, yeah, man, man and principal. You know, so so it's like that's the kind of Batman we're dealing with. And once you kind of get on board with that, I think it's going to be a fun ride. Um, it's fun to see a story play out they set up, which is Billy D. Williams's Harvey Dent, kind of the origins of that version of Two Face. So that is very interesting, and that that's kind of what I've been up to, guys. Um, now it's time for my favorite segment. The Collector's Corner. It's show and tell time. Here at the Collector's Corner, we go into our toy chest, our bookshelf, and pull something that means something to us. It can be it can be extremely expensive or just something that's, that's sentimental to us. It doesn't matter. Guys, what you got? Let me go first on this one. I found it. The wow. 1992 oh. Flicking Tongue Venom. Yo! Nice. Yep. Toy is from Toy Biz. It has a little lever on the back, and the tongue sticks out, which doesn't really tie into Venom too much. But it's very Gene Simmons. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it, it it came with like this weird symbiote armor that had the Venom logo on it, also, which was kind of dumb. It's been lost to the ages, but uh, yeah, this is it. So I don't. To for our new listeners, I'm a casual Venom fan. I casually en- I enjoy the Venom movie a little bit. It's all whoa, right. Whoa. Casual. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to reiterate that the Venom movie is the greatest superhero movie of all time. I so don't it- know why Venom comes up this much in our episode. <laughs> like I don't even know why it comes up this much. That's because you haven't seen the movie yet. You haven't about seen to be yet. off the tune if you don't ratify. I feel that. like Jack. I think you said it at one point in our last episodes. I feel like I can't watch it now. Like it's so like you guys have hyped it up so much that I don't know. What happens if you watch it? It just completely blows your mind. He's definitely watching the sequel because we're going to talk about that. Yeah, well, I'm watching the to. sequel. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch that in Sonic, I promise. <laughs> nice. You ain't watched Sonic still? Oh, man. Lawrence, <laughs> Victor, you are a disappointment. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to the culture. But uh, <laughs> nice pull, Chris. I remember that toy from back Yeah. Then. It's glossy. It, it is a glossy. shine to the plastic. It is glossy. Yeah, it is. Well, I remember that. It's so funny when you like. As for people listeners who don't know, Lawrence and I are cousins, and we spent a lot of time playing toys together. So sometimes when we do these collectors' corners, we'll show toys, and we'll actually remember those toys, like yes. from the era from playing with those toys. <laughs> we, you know, I keep, I go over his house, or he come over my house, and it's just it's just funny. It's cool. And that's one of them because I didn't have that one. Yeah. That's, that's a good pull. Yeah, Jack, what you got? All right, man. Today, my show and tell item is my Wolverine number one Ooh. first patch. Jeez. So I showed you this is the series two, the second series. So I showed you the first first series, I don't know, 10 episodes ago or whatever. This is the second series and the first appearance of Wolverine as Patch or Patch Wolverine, 
And the relevancy of that is at the time of the comics, the X-Men were presumed dead. And so Wolverine had created a kind of pseudo secret identity so he could keep doing stuff. Anyway, so that's Patch Wolverine in his first comic so, book debut. And what's, that's a 9.8 grade. Oh, yeah. It's a good Come one. On. This, is, that's, this is a good one. <laughs> How much is that worth, Jack? Nah, it's like a few hundred bucks or so. That's petties for Jack. It's only a few hundred grand. No big <laughs> only deal. I didn't say grand. Yeah, that's dope. Rich, what you got? But I don't know. You know what? I need to really go into my, my box of comics and dig through that and see what I got. But I don't have too much memorable toys because we were horrible in the Wilson household with the toys. But I did pick up another Marvel Legends. It's a double feature. Double Marvel's Legend. This is um, Marvel's Omega Sentinel. And I'm I'm not too familiar with her. I'm assuming she's uh, one of the new ones. And yeah, she also comes with the the body part of the Sentinel. And That's a dope. Like, describe the figure. It's like as she has two heads, huh? Yeah, she has two heads. She has a, a more cybernetic head. Uh, it's uh, it's red with some white striping on it. So you know she she stands out. I mean, her arms are cybernetic, so she stands out no matter where she goes. Her whole body looks like it is full on cyborg. With a few a uh, few touches, like some ports here on the belly button and the upper uh, solar plex. She almost um, looks like she's in a with... big clown outfit. Was that? She, she, she almost looked like she's in a clown jumpsuit. Yeah, kind of. As in the circles in the What's your mouth, Jack? A killer clown. Sorry, sorry. Now, I'm not saying any dope. A killer clown. She comes with two weapons that um actually, if you take the hands out, they go into the hand. They go into the arms. So they kind of. I guess she's kind of like cybernetic and you know morphed the hand into into weapons. She comes with a, a separate head that uh, that has hair. So I guess she can blend into the society. I don't know, but yeah, I can see that. And it's a mask. But, uh, yeah, it has a slight mask covering like the um like leaving everything everything covered except for like the lips and the the jawline. Mm-hmm. Pretty Ooh. much. Nice, 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 nice. I feel like our McFarland sponsors are going to be getting pissed off at us. I mean, <laughs> listen, it is what it is. This journey is pretty dope. I'm, I'm liking this line. I can't wait to open it up. Nice. But McFarland, um, hit us up anyway. Yep. Yes, yeah, hit us up anyway. And Marvel Legends, hit us up too. Like, it's everybody just send us toys. There's room for everybody. There's room for everybody. Room for everybody. Please. Uh, before you go, Rich's t shirt every week is just the yes. dopest thing to me. Can we talk about his shirt today? Oh, there we I go. See, yeah. It's the boys, is it not? It's the boys. And never, never meet your, your heroes. There we go. And, it, and this guy has the seven, you know, displayed in their iconic uh, positioning. And then, of course, never meet your heroes at the bottom logo. And, you know, sometimes you just can't meet your heroes. T-shirt of the week consistently. Do you feel pressure now, Rich, to, like, not kinda, drop the ball? I kind of do. <laughs> so, it's like, so it's like I go out every week to find some t-shirts. Like I buy like at least three t-shirts now, <laughs> just to keep up with Jack's praise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feed on it. It feeds my soul. It feeds him. Man, I'll go next. Uh, what I have isn't going to top Rich's t-shirt, but I like them a lot. Um, I was a big fan of the Arkham games because I, I love the design of the suits. I thought they were amazing. So I grabbed a bunch of action figures when they first came out. 
So first up, I have is my Nightwing from the Arkham series. Um, it's so cool. Um, the, the, the series designed the suits to look as realistic as possible, but still keep uh, its its comic book aesthetic. So Nightwing, you can tell he's heavily armored. He has a pouchy yeah. belt. You know, I love the pouchy belts. <laughs> um, he has his blue kind of wing V logo in the chest. And you can just tell like this dude is suited up for with, with armor. It's, it's really dope. Uh, next up is I have my Batman, which I love this. And the same thing. It's like, like this could have been a dope Batman suit in, 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 in the films. Um, he's pretty much in, in a suit that you would imagine, but you can tell that he's wearing armor, but it's not so plated like the Christopher Nolan. It's not that busy. So it's, it's a, it's really simple. Uh, the cape is flowing. He has a, a grappling hook in his hand, another pouchy belt. Y'all know how I love my pouchy belts. Yep. And it's just an amazing design. They did a good. They really did a good job on those. The, the detail is crazy, man. And yeah. last but not least, this is my favorite one because they redesigned the costume. And it's based off of the Tim Drake Robin. But I'm like, this the Robin from the Arkham series is the best in my head designed Robin costume that's so, ever been designed. Yeah. So dope. this needs to be in a movie because it keeps the yeah. same color scheme. But they mute it, and you can buy like this dude would stand next to Batman. He's wearing a hood, um, pouchy belt. Uh, you can tell he's wearing armor. He has leggings, but if you look under his belt, they still give you a little bit of how it used to be in the back in the day, where a part of his tunic came under his belt. So I love it. I think it's dope. If you look under his hood, you can tell he has a buzz cut head. The detail on these are amazing. Um, I gotta say, uh, my uh, my buddy has done a lot of those films where you wear costumes like that, and he was listening to our podcast recently. I forget which one it was. It might have been the Black Panther uh, Batman debate, and he goes, uh. and he goes, you know what? No one's realizing those costumes are hot as hell and you'd burn out in about 10 minutes of wearing them. <laughs> I never thought about that. We're watching all these superheroes in these bulked up costumes. There ain't no way half of them. They'd just be like, well, they'd be like, hang on, man, 10 minute break. <laughs> Let me get water. <laughs> and realize like Batman's going to war in a 40 pound suit. Are you kidding me? Exactly. It's like, that's not practical, sir. I'm doing flips? I'm doing flips. <laughs> not practical. Well, by then, I will say then I guess the Spider-Man costumes are the most practical. Even though they're wearing, like, a little muscle underneath, they look like they're the most flexible and you can move in them. Yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. you're, like, unless you're, like, Superman, where it don't matter what you got around you, that kind of power scheme, yo, these people that don't have those kind of powers... It's like the practicality of their suit just goes flying out the window. Yeah. But we have, but in, in, in the comic book world, we all know that Kevlar only weighs about 0.2 pounds. Exactly. And that pouchy <laughs> belt with all the tools only weighs like 0.5 pounds. No big deal yeah. in the comic no book world. Batarangs, you know, they're all metal, but they weigh nothing. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the news. It's time for the news. Okay, guys, the Eternals dropped their last and final trailer. What do you guys think of that bad boy? Looks pretty good, doesn't it? Looks like a banger. It yeah. It looks really good. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to what this big bad is that, that gave them so much purpose that they felt justified in not, like, helping out with Thanos or any of the world's events. Like, whatever this big bad is, it's like, we're only made to fight 
this thing. So I like to, I can't yeah. wait to see what that thing is. You know, that's in actually fullness. been like one of my biggest red flags for a lot of the content that's coming out. That's establishing heroes that have been around the entire time, but they're not been popping up. Like they've been staying in the shadows. Like how do you justify that? Yeah, and I and from what I see in the trailer, I feel like they're running right into that. They know that it's real. Instead of where Wonder Woman, they haven't justified why this woman has sat in the background while Superman fought Zod, while all these things happened. She kind of laid back. Well, it's like so, the Martian Manhunter thing. What yeah. do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Now I want to fight. <laughs> now I want to help you after everything is done. You've been here this whole time. time. <laughs> right. And they yeah. and they did a good job with uh, the Captain Marvel thing. They were like, "Hey, listen, there's a dozen worlds with a dozen problems. You know, the, yeah. the universe yeah. is in. Yeah. So get in line. And I think take with the Eternals, they're like, whatever this big bad is, it's like we're made for this. We're not made to interfere. So if they lean into that, I can go with it. So I'm very interested, Rich yeah. Chris. I mean, I would assume that they didn't interfere because it wasn't like a complete like world annihilation event for them. So it, 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 it interfered with the world, but not to the point where it was like the whole world's going to be wiped out. So that's my theory. They only interfere when the world's going to be wiped out. Yeah. So, like, so, so, you're, so you're thinking that they're not here to save people. They're here to save the universe. And Thanos didn't destroy the universe. He just wiped out half of its half population. Of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mercifully. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But uh, I think, yeah, I, th- I agree with Rich. I think they had. They're probably going to explain their code. You know, everyone has a code, and their code is different because you know of who they are. And whoever this big bad is crosses that line where they have to stand. They, you know, they have to jump in and do something. Where I'm sorry, can, can we pause for a second to address what just happened? What? Lawrence St. Victor took a drink from maybe the biggest baby bottle I've ever seen in my life. So casually. Like, no one was going to notice it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The crazy, crazy part is, is that I actually – I'm used to that because I watch streamers and they have like this similar water bottles. I'm just like, eh, Okay. <laughs> Like a five gallon jug, he just turned over to. Stop. I don't know how this upstages the Eternals trailer, but I'm glad that I was able to. <laughs> I need my water, baby. <laughs> Stay anyway, sorry, hydrated. Uh, Chris. Please continue. No, no, no. Yeah, so yeah, no, no. My point was made. I just think, I just think, whatever this big bad is crosses a line for them that violates whatever code they have. Now they have to be involved. So I'm curious to see, but it looks, it looks, it looks freaking awesome. So it looks uh, dope, man. This next phase with um, Shang-Chi and this, I mean, it's visually looking beautiful. I can't wait to see how it plays out. Um, Next bit of news. We have a new He-Man and Masters of the Universe show coming out. The trailer dropped this week. What do you guys think of that? I have shutters of Space He-Man, which if you guys listen, then you guys know how much I detest the new adventures of He-Man. And I had a lot of flashbacks to Space He-Man. So I think, I, th- I mean, I'll probably just, I'll probably watch it with my son, but uh, it looks, you know, it's not geared for our, you know, we have Revelations and then the younger ones have this one, but uh, it's not for us. Know. It's not it's for not us. us. Yeah, but there's been a lot of shows that aren't for us that are good. So it might, I think, I think it might be good. But it's like, this is not for us. So whatever things about He-Man lore 
is like a must have for you. It's like, just get rid of that. This is for a new generation. This is not supposed to be a sequel. It doesn't look like He-Man dies the first episode. I'll tell you what, it has He-Man in it. He-Man's in it. So, take that to the bank. Cartoons is, is the art, and I, I'm I'm pretty on the fence with the way it looked. Yeah, has that kind of CGI, early 2000s CGI yeah. looks. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's tough. We got to yeah. see how it plays. Yeah. I'll give you it know. a shot, though. Yeah, Anthony Mackie has signed on for Captain America Four. We getting black cap, everybody. Getting barrel rolls for days. <laughs> Listen, barrel rolls and barrel rolls. I'm just excited about like this new phase coming together because I don't know what it's going to be or how it's going to form or what this Avengers is going to look like. But the fact that we're getting familiar faces and new faces, it's like they're they, they know that they 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 finished the last phase. They can't just redo stuff. They can't just use Tony Stark. They got to reestablish and build up new heroes. And I'm excited to see what uh this new Captain America is in this world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can't, they can't reuse Tony Stark yet, but I mean, the multiverse is out there, so <laughs> maybe they can. We'll see. And keep in mind, the guy spends his time in a suit, so. I'll say this. I really hope Robert Downey Jr. doesn't come back. At some point, they, it'd be nuts. Like 10 I years from now. I don't want, there's, there's never going to be a better send-off. Then I am that, Iron that, Man snap. It's like you're, you're never going to. But, but but I think Rich has it nailed with the idea that we're in a multiverse world now. So it might not even be our 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 uh, Tony Stark that we meet for Dude. one thing and a cameo thing. I know, know, but the last time like we Flash saw point. him. You're telling me a Flashpoint scenario in Marvel settings where you get Robert back for half a movie or something. Well, we kind of are with this new animated series that we're going to get into, but I I see what you're saying. I just think like on screen, if I had to like put my armor down, like there's just no better way to end your run than what he did. And I'm like, if you pick it back up, you can be an alternate, but it's like, I mean, that was, you did everything. I don't know. That's just me. Journey Smollett is coming to HBO Max. Looks like they're working on a Black Canary film for HBO Max. I'm digging this, guys. Look, Journey, you you're news. welcome on the podcast anytime. I'll tell oh, you that. You and oh, there she was, all of our sponsors. <laughs> I'm just and saying that she did. There's always an open invite for her. She's always welcome. I mean, she did there a great. You. She did a great job in Lovecraft Country. Um, she did a good job as Black Canary. Uh, Birds of Prey movie I thought was weak, but I, I liked her character. So she was great. She was. Great. I mean, yeah. In the Birds of Prey, outside of Harley Quinn, I was very interested to just get to know her character and see what this Black Canary looks like. And if y'all don't know, Journey's a beast. She's been acting since she was a child. Ease Bayou, the Great Debaters, and of course now you see her in Lovecraft and Birds of Prey. But she's been at this thing since she's been like five years old. So she's a yeah. beast. And I'm excited to see her, like, you know, get her her run in because Black Canary is a dope character. You can do a lot with it. So we'll see about that. Dominique Thorne's Ironheart will debut. Ironheart's getting a series on Disney Plus, but that's not the first time we're going to see her. She's going to be in the new Black Panther film, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's when we're going to see the debut of Ironheart. Which is interesting. I don't know. 
I see. I like. I like the fact that they're doing. I'm. I'm okay with with female superheroes when they're not replacing someone. You know, when easy, they don't try. Easy, try, Chris. No, 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 no. Yeah, Let me let me play it out because I think there's and a place we're for back a strong to two brother. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. I think there's a, there's always a place for a strong female character and a strong female leader um, in a superhero movie, but I hate it when they kind of force feed us and take what we have. Well, here's the deal. And, and we've seen it happen in all the comics where the hero is adapted to female, a different uh, race. And it's, it's just to diversify the comics is to, to diversify the content and to get more people interested in these characters who, for the most part, for decades have been predominantly white, you know, male, white male. And, and that's what it is. You know, that's why we've seen it, really seen it in the last couple of years. Um, these things, these characters we know getting diversified. And it's yeah. different than establishing new characters because what they're hoping is there's a fan base already tied to Superman. There's a fan base already tied to um, Thor. You know, when Jane Foster turned into Thor for the first time, that comic book's a couple thousand bucks. You know, Thor right. the female. Right, and um, but they established Jane before that. They didn't bring her on to replace Thor. She was already part of the world. Yes, right. but I um, think we're gonna we're gonna continue to see a lot more of this as we continue to move into the future. You know? And I think it's all right. And I feel like it's gonna feel heavy handed at times. It's gonna feel like it doesn't fit right at times. And that's only because for so long the door has been closed so shut that to yeah. open it sometimes takes a lot of force. So hopefully, as these first films of diversity come out that are kind of laying the groundwork in five or six years it's effortless but it's not going to be effortless because the door has been closed so tight yeah but um, i think chris is right you know it, it can't feel like they're replacing tony stark with a female version of tony stark it's got to be a new iron man you know right someone who's picking up the mantle right and, yeah, exactly yeah, okay. and that's that's the case with all these characters the second you you change unless it's like a, a spider-man multiverse kind of thing which is always pretty cool to see in my opinion it's got there's got to be a reason who's picking up the torch is my well, i think that that's what we're seeing in this phase right we're getting we're, we're establishing the what, the what if we're seeing it with eternals and in, in, in captain america we're seeing new heroes and then old heroes picking up the shield picking up the armor so we're this new phase is the the children of the heroes as well as brand new heroes, which I think yeah. is cool. Um, and Ironheart, she's in the comics and stuff. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this one. For me, when I see comics that branch off, you know, I mean, literally when I was in school, they they turned Superman into that blue lightning bolt. Guy. Oh, man. Yeah, the blue, the red. I wasn't a fan uh, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, first it was blue, red came later. I was so put out. I literally walked around my school with a petition that I had thousands of signatures that I they cared. They cared. They cared. Oh, I I, no, of course they didn't care, but I cared enough to get signatures on it that I sent to the offices of DC going, you need to change him back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so I'm a, so I'm a diehard in that, in, in that re regard. But in the comics, I have a lot more latitude for what I think is acceptable because there's so much comic content. It doesn't right. bother me. There is not that much cinematic content. And so when choices are made cinematically, I always feel like they have to be made with more care put into it. It's a tough one, man, because when 
And we're staying on the news longer than I thought, but this is a great conversation. When we're talking about like Man of Steel, right, casting Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White, it's like the only reason Perry White is white is because of the time he was he was created. Not 100%. because it's important to his character in Metropolis 2017 or whenever it came out. 100%. So it's one of those things where it's like, why are you making all the characters a different color or a different gender? And it's like, because when this came out, it was the 30s. And in that world, everything yeah. was white and male. So it's almost like you have to almost pick and choose what you can change. And sometimes you're going to push it too far. Sometimes you're not going to push it enough. But if they want or you're going to have Eternals and Shang-Chi come out and make Superman, Batman and all these other heroes obsolete because they didn't evolve. And you just have a bunch of new heroes that are evolving and more interesting. Or you can evolve Superman into something a little bit more. You don't got to make Superman black, although apparently that is happening. But I do think that's interesting. And, and but you know the the rings on some of these characters and some of these IPs are aren't so stringent. You know, like um, when Guardians came out, there was a lot of latitude to play with it because it wasn't Superman, because it wasn't Batman. Right. I think with Iron Man, it's like guys, we can have a black woman take up the mantle. We've given you ten years of Robert Downey as Tony Stark. Like mm-hmm. like we we've earned someone taking over the spot. Right. Especially the way he went out. Right. It won't feel force fed because Rhodey's doing his war machine thing. He's his own character. And it right. makes sense for someone else to come in and pick up the mantle. And in this scenario, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I look forward to it. I really do. Yeah. Marvel's done a good job of yeah. just everything my, feeling pretty smooth. My question is, I didn't watch, the, I didn't look at the comics, but is she actually wearing the armor or is she, is, is she operating the drone? She has her own suit, right? I got to look into it. Yeah. She has her own yeah, suit of armor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I saw a couple of pictures where it looked like she was like building a drone. Well, keep she in might mind, be. Iron Man wasn't always in his suits either. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And her herself, she's an MIT student. So I'm sure, you know, I assume she's genius level and she probably expands on the existing platform, which is good because, you know, she has her own ideas and her own, you know, right. man, you know her own abilities to develop the armor, which is, I yeah. think is, is smart. And I don't know too much about her character, but if it's within the Marvel universe, the prime universe, she's in a world where Tony Stark is alive, which is very different than what we're going to get in the films. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Last bit of news. The last bit of news. I I love getting a little something for every segment, baby. (laughs) McFarlane (laughs) Toys announces... Two new DC multiverse gold label figures. Bring getting, it, bring it, bring we're it. We're getting Azrael and Superman. And I'm showing you guys pictures that'll go up on the gram. By the time you hear this, it's already on the gram. Look at those suits okay. of armor. Um, yeah. These are coming out. Uh, I think they're going to be out in... Um, it's already out. Here's the gold label flash. And I sold the Azrael. Fast on that. Oh, shoot. It's already wow. out. Yeah, I actually I had my hand on the Azrael uh, the other day in Walmart, 1990, 1997, I believe. But so yeah, I would not now. mind seeing an Azrael standalone film. He's really kind of interesting character. He, I mean, we uh, we're running out of time in this segment, but I would like would you establish him separate from Batman? Well, he's part of the, the universe, but I think you could because you, I mean, we got to get a Batman universe going. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have one. <laughs> we, 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 we we just don't know what's really going to happen. We don't know where we're going to be. I think I think after Flashpoint, we got to see where the universe sits and you know the, the universe is going to go. 
it needs to sit with Robert Pattinson's The Batman. Like that, that needs to be the prime focus. It seems like they're moving away from it. Like they're almost like they're not promoting it. Like, no. like we're getting, but real talk, we're not, Michael Keaton's not coming back for a six picture deal. And <laughs> Affleck uh. is not probably not going to come back the way they would want to build a franchise around. Like Robert Pattinson's The Batman is the next chapter of whatever Batman's going to be. So I feel like he's honestly, short kind of excited sick. for it. Pretty excited for it. I'm excited for it too. I'm excited for all of it. That's why. Okay. I'm going back to what I said before. If you watch Titans, you may not like what they do with Batman, but get over it. We literally have like five other versions coming out. That's, right. Yeah. And the news has <laughs> gone full circle. And we're out of the news. <laughs> now. I hope you guys put on your freaking sparring gear. Hope you're ready for this. Because I'm tired of these nice conversations, man. It's time for a debate. Let's get ready to Thanks, Jack. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. It is so cool that we're getting all these superhero movies, right? Because I love costumes. I was a big costume guy. I talked about costumes. I'm talking about the Arkham series. I love the design. What is the best live action superhero costume from look to function? And I don't mean actual functional. We all know the Batman suit weighs a thousand pounds, but does it look like it weighs a thousand pounds when you watch a movie in it? And the adaption it doesn't have to be faithful, but when you look at it, do you feel how you should feel when you see it? Yeah. I want to know the best and the worst. Let's go. Let me start with this one, please, gentlemen, if I might. The best, in my humble opinion, cinematic depiction of any costume is from one of comic books' greatest film directors, Zack Snyder's The Watchmen, (laughs) where every outfit in that movie is pitch perfect to the comic book in form, function, and use. Zack, if you can hear me out there, my brother, I give you praise for your visual masterful storytelling paralysis. What I love about this is he means it, but he he can't help the hint of sarcasm. Have <laughs> 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 a little bit because he does because he does he means what he's saying. There's a part of him that like doesn't want to. <laughs> I mean it. The, those costumes are comic book pitch perfect. How they were brought to life. The they, they, they elevate it. They elevate what was on the page. It's incredible. I mean, Zack Snyder is a a master of visual storytelling and so faithful to source material in that regard. Dude, no argument there. Rich, what you got? Well, a new character to me. And, you know, I just like him because of the, the, mainly because of the actor that played him. And then also just seeing how he he used the, the costume in the film. I'm going with Bloodsport. I'll say this. He looks way in the in the comics, at least from the pages I saw when he shot Superman the Kryptonite Bullet. His costume's like not very much of anything, right? At least in in the nineties, he kind of had like a red bandana around his face. So whatever they did in the movie, in my imagination, is a complete upgrade. Going with Bloodsport, loving the whole function of his costume, um, from the weapons just being all over his body. Um, so yeah, Bloodsport's my man. He's my he's my new man from now on. Pause. But are we are we going to who we are we going to we'll wait to we'll wait to worse we'll wait but Rich I'll have to say this 
That's the best superhero costume that's ever existed is Bloodsport. I like it. <laughs> man likes it. Richard like has it. a man crush on Idris Elba. That's what it he is. He really does, man. Shut your mouth. He won't even Show let your mouth. He's not saying, what if Deadshot was in it? No, no, <laughs> no I like it. No, no. I want to recast everything Idris Elba, every black character. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Superman and Lois Lane. You're just an Idris. I don't care. <laughs> Chris, the best superhero costume. And if you say Batman 89, nah, we're nah, going to nah. have a debate. Look, look, look. I'll tell you this. I, I, I purposely stayed away from any Batman because I wanted to really think of what application wise and Are you telling us that our resident Batman fan is not gonna talk about a Batman costume? I am not gonna talk about Batman. You better have costume. a really good follow up then. Yeah. Yes, sir. S- Spider Man. Spider Man uh, every I was single thinking movie. Venom. I just, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. no but, but if you look at the Spider Man costumes even no matter if you look at Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, and the, the the new one with Tom Holland, all the costumes. Nah, the yes. first Amazing Spider Man was whack, man. The first oh, one man. that looked oh, like skin and had the Andrew crotch rot. Andrew Garfield's <laughs> crotch is all bad. Who had the best I mean, Spider Man costume though? It might yeah. be Tobey Maguire. Yeah. It really might be. To- I think it's Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire from. It looks like it was. Pulled directly from a comic book pages. In that opening shot where Garfield's jumping off the building and you can literally see the fabric moving on his costume. It's a great shot. That first movie, though, I did not like that that, that costume. The first, the second one was Mad Faithful. The first one with the yellow lenses. Still, Tobey Maguire, first Spider-Man. I'm telling you, I'm telling the Spider-Man costume, Tobey Maguire. I gave him the 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 best superhero uh, live-action adaptation. Now, what if Idris Elba was in the outfit? Then it would be be perfect. (laughs) Uh, My favorite, not favorite, the best. I got to give a runner-up. Henry Cavill's Man of Steel suit is almost pitch perfect. It's too dark. That joint wasn't that dark. It'd be a perfect. Too dark. What are you talking about? I should not bring up Zack Snyder in front of oh, Jack. Oh, right. <laughs> Dang. Now here, I'm gonna show. This is this is this is a, a unconventional pull. I think the best ad- adapted superhero costume is from a movie that hasn't come out yet. Mary Marvel from the new Shazam movie. Her costume is pitch freaking perfect and i'll put it up against any of your choices uh, i'm gonna show on. you guys a picture of the comic showing them a picture of mary marvel new 52 uh she's wearing a skirt y'all can look it up google mary marvel <laughs> now look now look at the now look at the movie look at the movie look at the movie you say this is better than spider-man yes <laughs> yes <laughs> that skirt looks a little longer if, if you if you guys don't like the costume, that's one thing. If you just don't like it better, but if you're talking about like a costume from comic to film, that is a dope freaking adaption right there. You kind of need to see it in motion to to weigh in on that one though. I don't though, because that I could don't. be photoshopped. Honestly, <laughs> I have no idea what that looks like right now. I guarantee you, that is the, one of the best costumes. Y'all just hating Bloodsport. Anyways, <laughs> Listen, man. let's get Listen, to man. the main topic. Not much of a debate. Everybody was wrong except me. Oh, right. Jack, you're right. What am I thinking? Worst costumes. I'll go first. Please, please. 
this guy's out, man. Please do. Uh, I honestly, I gotta say, steel. Steel, yeah. my man, Shaq. I, yeah. I didn't. I'm not faulting the man, but that costume was about as wacky costumes ever been put on screen. Yeah, I agree with you. Gotta do that. No S. Well, Superman doesn't I, exist in that world. That's my point. It's not even steel. Ground up, that thing didn't work. Yeah, it's boot, yeah. bootleg Iron Man. Chris, right, what's what's you got? Oh, Rich, what you got? Rich, come on. Because y'all don't say it. I know you say, you say dead shot. I'm just like, you just, <laughs> he's got the best. Like, oh, I, I say dead shot. <laughs> I'm saying Batman and Robin, uh, the Robin outfit with the nipples, and when Batman, and I believe Batman forever when he had nipples, or was it Batman and Robin also when he had nipples? And I also hate the Batman, Batman and Robin with the gray striping. The Batman yeah. with the gray striping? Oh, yeah, that what, was what terrible. Was that about? At the end of Batman and Robin oh, when they go up against... He's not done, man. Sonic, 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 Sonic armor? Yeah, well, like, what was no, all that's that? Batman forever. I, I don't care. Like, the Robin outfit would look perfect if it didn't have the nipples. The nipples just mess everything up for me. Like, that I makes it the worst? The nipples makes it the worst? I hate it. Hate it. Nipples the, makes Rich uncomfortable. Hey, I wish yeah, I had a point to get close to it and breathe about how much I hate that costume. <laughs> that costume's freaking dope, except for the nipples. Except for the bad nipples. Except for the nipples ruin everything. <laughs> Chris, what you got, man? I got the first X-Men movie, every single X-Men uh, uniform, the black leather uniform. I just, you know, you yeah. had such an opportunity to really bring X-Men alive. And they didn't. And it was nah. such a disappointment. Nah, I'm no. sorry. I got to jump in. Yes. I got to second that. came in with some yellow leather back in 1999, that thing would have tanked hard. Look, no, look. But you could have accented something that gave the fans something to be excited about instead of right. making everything so bland and boring Bad, and generic S&M. Vanilla S and M. That's what it is, and I'm Vanilla not having S and M. My worst is. And my worst is is gonna beat all your worst. It's the best of the worst. Green Lantern B. That was oh, such low hanging fruit. You know, really I purposely was. didn't pick Green Lantern because it was well, low You know, you, you want to be a hero, Chris? I'm good. It, it, it's right there in your face. Yeah, it's true. It was hot garbage. It's whack. It's whack. I, mean, I, I can't even be mad about it because yes, it was absolute trash. But I feel like it was the easiest of all the trash to pick. So you know. Oh. Okay. Uh, my question is, would what? the outfit have looked better if Idris Elba was in it? No. no. Really? You know you're lying to yourself. Yeah, you're, you're lying. lying. <laughs> <laughs> you're lying. I think that costume was ahead of its time because a lot of um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man suit, yeah, a lot of that is CGI. And they fix a lot of it in post. And I feel like if Green Lantern came out now with a CGI suit, the tech would be there to make it much more seamless than the, what it was when it came out. The thing is, though, in a Spider-Man suit, you're not looking at a human face, so there's there's more room for manipulation and adaptation. With Lantern, you're looking at a face that doesn't match a body. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're not caught up yet. They should have made a suit and just done CGI aura, and that was it, as opposed to CGI like in between the veins and. It's <laughs> weird. Let's get to our main topic. Guy, I think I might say something here, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> you just say it's time for the main topic. It's time for the main event. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Guys, so Marvel 
Marvel's like, listen, I know you're waiting for some dinner. I know you're waiting for that steak, but in the meantime, we have some wonderful appetizers, things to serve you up and hold you over until we restart this phase. They're giving us series after series after series, man. And they hit us with what if. In typical Disney fashion, they're revisiting old things and adding something new to them. You see them do it with Lion King. You see them do it with, uh, they'll do it with Little Mermaid. And they're doing it with pretty much all their Marvel characters. They're giving us what if. Marvel Comics has created a what if scenario, which is you take different characters, you put them in different scenarios. And they're doing that with the MCU version of the heroes. First up, we have what if Peggy Carter took the super soldier serum. What if she became Captain Carter? Also, um, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched the content, we're going to right. talk about it. Spoiler alert, we're talking about Captain Carter and we're talking about what if T'Challa was Star-Lord. We're going to start with Captain Carter first and roll right into T'Challa. So if you haven't seen it, pause it, go see it, and then come right back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recap this and I think this is going to be part of my take on it. I watched this thing twice. Because I watched it the first time and then preparing for this talk, I was like, I got to recap this show. And I couldn't, I had a hard time remembering the recap because it was so close <laughs> to Captain America, the first Avenger. I was like, well, what, what beat for beat? Like, what was different? So I went back and watched it. And my recap is Peggy Carter. First, we get the wonderful introduction of Jeffrey Wright as the watcher. Just, he is Thank the you. He's like, Thank you. In a world where... No, he's not. No, he's definitely... Your voice sound way more cosmic just now than he did with two words coming mm-hmm. out of your mouth. His voice, his... And I know we're not talking about it because you in the you recap. But his voice, for me, is the hardest part of watching the content. What? Jack, you see that? Wait, 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 wait. Yes, yes, yes. Wait, he complimented me first. Okay. So let's, <laughs> okay right. Take that. Let's take that. with that. <laughs> And this that's the dead. feeling I get when he talks about my shirts. I want it every week. You know, so don't, let's, not, let's not crap on that yet, Chris. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. All right, now you can talk about it. Jeffrey okay. Wright, go ahead, Chris. No, 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 recap. Let's get the recap. Recap, okay, recap, okay. recap. Okay, okay, so the Watcher introduces that there's multiple universes, multiple worlds. A single choice creates infinite possibilities. We are brought into pretty much Steve Rogers getting a super soldier serum. And Captain Carter decides to stay on the floor instead of going into the booth, which is a thing that changes everything. But also a thing that changes everything is somebody is there and disrupts the whole process. Steve Rogers gets shot. Someone has to go in there now or they're going to lose this whole experiment. They came up with some interesting reason why, like, you know, Stark's dad won't jump in. I'm just a button pusher. It's like, really? (laughs) That's the reason why you're not going to be save the world? Fine. Peggy goes in there against everyone's wishes because she's a woman and she shouldn't be on the front line or even in the room. But she goes in there and becomes a super soldier. They want to put her on the side. A woman has no business fighting in war. She goes anyway. She rescues some dudes. The same guys that Steve Rogers rescues in the first Captain America movie. She rescues them. And they're pretty much fighting Hydra and fighting Hydra soldiers as we go through. We find out about the Tesseract and they need to get the Tesseract. They get the Tesseract. They don't. Do they get the Tesseract? They get it. And he makes they, they get it. the Iron yeah. Man suit. Yes, they get the Tesseract. And... We get our first Iron Man. Steve Rogers powers the Hydra Buster, Hydra Stomper, Hydra Stomper. And um, they pretty much go the Bucky and the rest of the team. They go. They say, listen, we may not be able to stop the war, but we can take down Hydra. They go to take down Hydra. Steve in his suit of armor pretty much gets taken out. They think he dies. They mount the mission. They go. 
They find out Steve's alive. They're trying to use that suit. They Red Skull opens up a world because he needs his own super soldier. And this thing with tentacles comes out and snaps him in two, like in two seconds, <laughs> just crushes him. <laughs> and they fight off all the bad guys, yada, yada, yada. And Peggy is like, the only way to stop this thing from coming is I got to push this thing. And Steve was like, no, 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 no. Steve survives. They find him. No, 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 no. And she pushes the thing through. You owe me a dance. We'll have to dance later. She goes through. She appears in front of Nick Fury and Hawkeye in the present day. 70 years later. 70 years later. Very similar to uh, Captain America First uh, Avenger. And she realizes she's in the future. That's pretty much the recap of Peggy Carter, Captain Carter, Captain Britain. What do you guys think? Honestly, I'm mixed on a lot of things. Um, I thought... the combat she had was just sick. I love the way yeah, she so good. She, I mean, just so good. And these guys are violent. I mean, you're not looking at blood, but they ain't nobody. Those heroes are touching that ain't dead. <laughs> I, mean, I guarantee it. <laughs> True story. Um, and she is a badass. Like she is way more suited to be the Captain America than Steve Rogers was when he picked up the mantle. So that I, I thought was pretty dope things i really couldn't get behind was one tony stark invented the iron man costume and so for his father to have invented the iron man costume changes everything for me it's like Mm -hmm. the one thing that made iron man iron man is just a thing that he stole from his father also in this version of the way the events unfolded plus in this version of it I, who needs Tony Stark to ever be Iron Man because Iron Man actually hits the scene in the 40s during yeah. World War II and stuff. So by all intents and purposes, there's been 70 years worth of different uh, versions of the Iron Man costume being made. You know, you're not, And you say you're not okay with that? Yeah, it, yeah to me, I, I don't see any reason for Tony Stark to be special. Well, he if doesn't Iron need Man to be. Is, this, this is a what-if universe. This is yeah. Yeah. But if he's not, no, I get that. I, I get, well, I get that. And um, also to, to kind of go off of that, like you don't know if we don't know if they actually expanded on that. They could just show the whole Iron Man project after the war. Why would, I mean, it was in military use. Well, even they had if, the Tesseract. Even if they, Stark they, wanted to do that, they wouldn't, the military wouldn't do that. This yet. could be a world where Tony Stark never becomes Iron Man. Like this might right. be part of this universe's. But also you know, they didn't have the power to Tesseract because they, they also stored that. Yeah, but they so also they, showed us that they powered the suit without the Tesseract near the end of the film. But it was limited power. It was like a limited power supply. Yeah. Okay. So, but that's also the 1940s. You're telling me in 70 years, I mean, Elon Musk made a battery that runs a car now. There's a version of Iron Man's suit didn't run on the Tesseract in the first place. So mm. a, a, figuring out a power source problem is just one more thing to find a solution for let's continue on this deep dive let me get you guys brief thoughts and then we'll just all have a free-for-all because that's good stuff you're saying jack and i want to jump in but i want to know what you guys in general thought first i liked it i thought it was good um i was super 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 excited for the series i felt this episode this episode was good if you watch it by itself and then when you watch the second episode you're like this is what the series is about Mm-hmm. So I, I I liked it. I thought it was a, a a slow burn into into the series, but it 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 scratched the itch I was looking for. I mean, it, second episode. Second episode. We're gonna get to the second. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go crazy in the second episode. But 
I wasn't that crazy with this episode. I liked it, but you know what? I, I couldn't put my finger on what I didn't. I didn't dislike it, but I couldn't put my finger on what I wasn't like grasping onto it. And Lawrence, you said it is that this was Captain America, the first Avenger. So I didn't get the what ifness out of it because I felt like I've seen this adventure just with different characters. Yeah. So it didn't give me the the same kind of like wonder and excitement I look for. What if? It kind of just gave me just a kind of different version of it, which was cool. But tweak. Yeah, not what I was really looking for, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, same thing. Like, I, I, I liked it, but at the same time, it's like I watched it already. Like, I watched this whole thing unfold. It's just yeah. a different character. It's just a different person now. And, she, you know, her, her challenges are a little bit different because now she's a female having to prove herself as opposed to Steve Rogers. But even though Steve Rogers didn't go right into combat right away, also, he was kind of shelved a little bit, made up, made up like the poster boy to go and parade around and everything like that. And he, he kind of had to prove himself in somewhat similar fashion. But like, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's uh, Captain America. You know? Yeah. I, I, I pretty much feel exactly the way you guys feel. Um, I thought it was beat for beat, the same movie we just saw with a character whose heart is too similar to Steve Rogers. So it's not even like outside the fact that she's a better trained fighter than he was at that time. They're kind of like, they have the same moral compass. They have the same outlook on life. So we didn't see a variation. It wasn't like we got a super violent person who got the serum and then how they go about it. So it pretty much was the same exact thing. Let's have the free for all. It's kind of like what you you started with at the top, you know, about what is it when the these heroes that we know and identify with are shifted kind of for the sake of diversifying content. And that's kind of what it felt like to me. I'm not yep. saying it didn't work. I'm not saying I didn't like it. And I'm not saying I, do, I actually don't think she's better suited for it. But I do feel like the choice to make Petty Carter uh, Captain America is kind of to diversify the content so we can open it up for other people. And I think, and I think, and I know you agree with this, the content should be diversified. I think the biggest problem with this is, is that Marvel wasn't interested in diversifying the content. So they don't have a catalog of diverse female characters they can put in those shoes. All they have is Peggy Carter from that time. They didn't establish any other women in that first movie. She's the only one. So they couldn't put anyone else in those shoes. Somebody else who is rough around the edges, someone else who is a little hot-headed. They don't have access. Can we can we talk for a second about the functionality of the shield? Because more and more it seems bouncier and bouncier. Doesn't vibranium absorb impact? So if yes, it's it absorbing an impact, how is it hitting a person in the face and then coming back 20 to 40 feet. That shield has been bouncing back since 1940s. That's, that's, that's going to stay. Reasons. It should reasons, be called Bouncingium, not Vibranium. How does Superman get his boots in his loafers when he turns into Clark Kent? We don't. Reasons. Mm. <laughs> reasons. <laughs> He's just go with it. I never thought of that. It. I never thought of that. <laughs> Chris's head just Wait, exploded. Wait, my mind just exploded. His mind exploded. Like, how do you do it? I don't know. I don't know. 
if, if, if Bruce Wayne's a billionaire and has satellites in orbit, why does he stand on gargoyles? Like, I'm sure. Just, like, what are you doing up there? Reasons. Just for, just for dramatic effect. Just, just so it looks dope. For who? Who are you? Who are you looking good for? I'll also say I I did have problem. I'm a and this was so ironical to me because I'm a huge Jeffrey Wright uh, fan. Huge fan of his, and I didn't like him viewing the Watcher. He wasn't mm. cosmic to me. He was pedestrian. <sighs> his voice didn't have a, a underbelly of someone who's seen all of time unfold to me. It seemed very pedestrian. Wow, man. I mean, wow, Jack. I don't know. Jeffrey Wright got gravitas for me, I, but I, I know, and I've seen it. But I, I think here in this, Marvel doesn't lean into that. If anything, they'll take their godlike people and make them sound mad casual. Like they go out of their way to make everyone sound as human but as the possible. The problem was we're, we're also not seeing him in the content. So it's just a voice. So, so that voice has to create everything for us. I disagree with you 100%. I think when he, when the, when you watch the intro and that last line in the intro where he says, what if we ask? What if? I think that's like when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, let's go!" Like, I got me I'm not, to see. I'm that. not saying I didn't like the writing of it, but watch Lawrence would do it right now for us. I'll bet you got. I heard it. You said two words. I heard cosmic. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's like Batman. Well, that's like this. I mean, I, I I hear that, Jack. I mean, I think yeah, I liked it, but I hear what you're saying. I just want um, a little more texture in there. More cosmic. Something. I hear that um, because, and I, and the reason why I hear that is only because we've had so many different cosmic beings up into this point. We've had Thanos, we've had Ego, oh, ego. We, we've had uh, the Collector, we've had like people that have existed for uh, Odin. So it's like, well, how do you distinguish the Watcher from the rest of these other cosmic know-it-alls and seen-it-alls? So I'll, I'll give you that. If anything, to me, it sound like it didn't sound specific. If I was going to nitpick, didn't feel like it had the whole of existence in front of it. Yeah, I hear that. Can I can I quote Jack right now? Because I've been wanting to do this for episodes. Go ahead. There's something in this show for me that makes no damn sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. And it's very simple. It's the 1940s. I look at the super soldier serum as like the race to the moon, right? This is like high-end technology. Not only is someone who's not American getting it, it was weird for me, for, for, for Stark and the government to be okay with her walking around with a flag on her shield that wasn't theirs. Not to say that she wouldn't, but I feel like that would have been a point of contention. Well, it was odd because she didn't make the suit. It was weird there was a suit in the first place. The only reason there was a suit in the first Captain America is because he was parading around doing tours. Then they turned right. that suit into something functional. But if right. he wasn't doing tours, he would have just been in freaking army garb. He would have had yeah, no point beautiful. to wear it. So for her to wear the suit here, it's a nod to what, you know, the show was what ifing. But it makes no sense why she has this suit. And it makes no sense why the United States is cool with the first super soldier wearing like a British flag. And they're just cool with it. That would have been a problem. And I'm watching it like, see, all y'all all right with this? Like the face of the war is a Brit, but she's in your backyard. I don't know. Not a problem yeah. with that. Yeah, that would never happen. I agree with you on that. Um, what I did yeah. enjoy about it. I'm sorry, Rich. No, no, I was agreeing. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I did enjoy about it was I really loved Peggy and Steve's relationship. 
And the fact that just because Steve didn't get the powers, he didn't stop being a hero. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what I wanted from Tila and He-Man in Master's Revelation, that Adam can go on this journey. He lost his sword, but who Adam is is still there, powers or not. And Tila is the more seasoned warrior, so she can lead the fight. But Adam is still very capable, and he would do whatever it takes to be part of it. And this show kind of gave me what I wanted Masters to give me. And I, you know, hundred percent on board that one. And yeah, it, yeah, it's part of the content I like the most too. In addition to the fighting, but it's also the part of the content that made the least sense to me. I'm like, what we're watching though meant that in the first Avenger, um, Papa Stark had the ability to make those outfits that mech armor that people would have been fighting wearing in the fight that yeah yeah that's what it just made no sense to me that made the suits make no because even if he needed the tesseract <laughs> to power it the idea that you got a power source and you immediately made a suit of armor i'm like well you probably made suits of armor before you just couldn't find a power source like you've been trying this right right you don't just you need to just get the idea right now um in a week and so that that kind of well the whole thing is pretty fast paced um and honestly i feel like steve there's what ifs in this series in this episode that to me are bigger what ifs than peggy carter being captain america it's man i thought steve i thought steve rogers should have died and he what if he's winter soldier cuz that was pretty Ooh. much Bucky's mm. place yeah bucky mm. was supposed to die or fall off there yeah. So what if like he disappears and when Peggy comes back at the end of the episode, she's in the future and in the in the screens behind you, you see this Winter Soldier. Another thing is, it's like, what if Tony Stark's parents weren't assassinated, right? Because Winter Soldier, Bucky, assassinated his parents. And not to say they wouldn't get a different assassin, but it changes things now because Winter Soldier killed the Starks. Yeah. Yeah. So like this, now the, the Starks have these Iron Man suits 70 years earlier than they originally had them. So the, the what, everything has changed. The what ifs to me are more interesting than the actual what if. Right, the ramifications the from the changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like that kind of fell short for me a bit. Um, but in a half hour format, how are they gonna? You know, I get and I, I agree with you. That's that 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 is an interesting look at it. But how can they explore that in the format that this show is? Because we don't need to see Peggy Carter get the powers. We need to see. A little intro, and then her show up in 2018 or whatever. Again, that everything now would be completely different. Yeah. But the right. world she was in in the war, she's too similar to Steve Rogers heart-wise for it to be different. Right. It's not different yeah. enough. That's that's interesting, actually, because I thought that too. Even like one of my biggest pet peeves with um, – that first Captain America movie was it was a giant montage film. It was four montages in a row, and that pretty much constituted the entire film. And mm-hmm. even in the half hour content with Peggy, Peggy, we had five to ten minutes of montage to fill in the void. And I agree that you know what should have just made five to ten minutes of montage that just brought us to current day, and you could have actually had a whole new world experience. Yeah, yeah. Instead of watching the same same content in with a female. She yeah. wouldn't do anything that different than what Steve would have done. Not really. She believed in everything he believed in and vice versa. So let's pick them up in the future. And then with that trauma, and then we find out Steve's the one that turn, it turns into Winter Soldier and she's got to chase him. 
Bruh, give me a job oh. at Marvel, baby. <laughs> well, Devil's Advocate, it kind of just turns into the same content again, though. Yeah, but you get that romantic thing. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, let's, let's talk about people... the main course, dude. I'm dying. Yes, yeah, let, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Can we move on to the real what if? Okay, what fine, if fine, I... fine. We're recapping this. Basically, we pick up with T'Challa. He's at Wakanda, and he has that Disney dream. Like, he wants to exp- – I want to see the whole world. And Dad is like, no. He – breaks through the barrier and pretty much is abducted by the people that abducted, you know, Peter Quill in the first The one. Ravagers. The Ravagers, yes. Um, and then we flash forward and pretty much everything in Guardians of the Beginning plays out, except T'Challa is a much better <laughs> Star-Lord. So where right. Peter Quill is the laughingstock across the universe, people don't even know his name. He's Star-Lord. They hear Star-Lord and they're like freaking fanboying. So like T'Challa managed to like talk Thanos into not obliterating the world, which changes everything. everything. So like what Drax, if Drax's family is alive? I was like, where's Gamora? I'm like, why would Gamora be here? He didn't just he didn't kill her people. She's still with her people. Nebula yep. isn't made of machine parts. Um so everything is changed, but the collector filled the void of the big bad. And the collector's collecting everybody. And he's like, I don't got a Negro. And I'm like, because why else do you want to talk to you? Gotta talk to you, I don't have one of you. Basically, Tala and the team have to go get this element, this resource that can just basically create live vegetation, life. It creates life and they got to get it from him because he'll destroy the world and he takes the team on board and they go and it turns into this really cool like triple cross, quadruple cross, like espionage thing and T'Challa finds out Randu. Yandu. Yandu. Sorry guys. Yandu's relationship with T'Challa (laughs) forever. Is his relationship with T'Challa is the most like eye opening because it is the complete opposite of with Peter. Like they yeah. have a legitimate father son relationship. If anything, Yandu just praises T'Challa. Like he worships the ground he walks on. Like he's his biggest find. And Yandu told T'Challa that Wakanda was pretty much destroyed in the war and there's no home to go back to. T'Challa finds he goes on his spaceship and much like Kal-El, you know, he sees a visual of his dad talking to him and AI. And he realizes that Wakanda actually does exist and it wasn't destroyed. And Yandu just told him this to keep him. Yada, yada, yada. They get what they need from. They stop the collector. They free the, well, some of the inhabitants. I guess he kind of like a lot of them will stay behind in cages, right? No, 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 no. They, 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 they no, let them all go. Yeah, they let them all go. Oh, sorry. Oh, she let them all go. The, 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 right. the, let them yeah. all go. Let them yeah. all go. Yes. So then pretty much T'Challa talks to Yandu and pretty much is like, I understand. I forgive you. I'm an explorer at heart anyway. They go back to Wakanda. He's like, hey, dad, old dad, new dad. Hey, dads, get to get along. So everybody meets. They're all great. Thanos is still kind of pit, trying to pitch his idea of, well, if we do annihilate half, <laughs> you don't understand. It's a <laughs> you know, like, you know, It's not. And we kind of end with this awesome timeline until we go to Dairy Queen, where Peter mm-hmm. Quill is mopping the floor, listening to his signature uh, mixtape. Because mix I'm like, it's like 2020, right? You got to walk yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, but still. And Ego comes and he says, hey, son, you know, you got some time for your daddy. And his eyes light up. That's the recap of what if T'Challa is Star-Lord? I'll go first. 
I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought just to hearing Chadwick Boseman one last time, for those who don't know, you're going to get other Black Panthers, I think, within the what ifs. But this is the last time we're going to hear Chadwick as T'Challa. So it was really great to hear him. I had a great time with this. Um, there are definitely questions I have, things I had issues with once I thought about it. Yeah, like one that is just <laughs> screaming at us in the face. But out, But the feels that I got from it, I had a really good time. To me... This show represents that one-shot comic book I would have picked up in the store. It represents 100%. that much, much more than the Peggy, Peggy Carter one. Yes. So we'll do a deep dive, but that's my initial feel. Let me, let me say the one thing that just kept screaming at me throughout the entire thing. He would have never been called Star-Lord, ever. The only reason Peter Quill was called Star-Lord was for one reason and one reason only – because his mom had sex with an alien from the stars and called Peter Quill as a child her little star lord. And so when Peter got abducted by Yondu and the gang, he made up that name for himself because his mom used to call him Star Lord. So how the F don't make no damn sense that <laughs> freaking Wakanda would get abducted and choose the same name? I was sitting there going, what if he would? What if he would, Jack? Like, Ugh. what if that's the what if? What if he would call himself Star Lord? How? What if? I need to know how. What if? He's in the stars and he's the Lord of the stars. I don't know. My, my, my only justification for that is, for whatever reason, I don't think he named himself that. I think he doesn't want to be called that and they call him that. I think they said that in the beginning. But you're right, Jack. How it's, it would be a massive coincidence. What if? What if? Rich, what you say? Are we just talking about if we liked it or not? Yeah. We kind of we okay. jumped forward. <laughs> All right, so I liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I got strong. First of all, he was everything Peter Quill wanted to be in a Star Lord. Everyone nice. revered him, uh, loved him. They wanted to be around him. They wanted to be him. They probably wanted to be in him. It was Whoa. just. <laughs> there are some things we can say, and there are some things we can't say, and that one really rides the line. <laughs> I'm allow it. <laughs> But he was he was literally everything that Peter Quill wanted to be. And it, it, it was just great. He was charismatic. Like he was he was awesome. He was up. I got very strong. I mean, for my anime fans, I got very strong Naruto and Goku vibes and um and uh black uh black clover vibes where his his uh charisma and his personality just turned people good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, you know it was crazy. Like Thanos, like turned to to, to a good guy. Be- essentially, became his henchman, if you will. Yeah, like joined the team. You know, it was, I didn't it was understand just, it was how crazy. Thanos acted so weak though. Yeah, well, no, he was like, whooping them. He was whooping those guys. He was, his, he was getting his ass whooped. Is what was happening. I mean, he was he was fighting like ten guys. He was shooting at. Him. What are you talking about? He was like he was, like, he was two was... guys. He was fighting two guys who oh, used to do another timeline. Huh? He wasn't physically weak. He was he was he was mollywhopping out there. He was I the whole front line. I'm sorry. He no, was the Hulk like that. in that in that scenario. Except for in the other timeline, he took the Hulk effortlessly. In this timeline, yeah, the Infinity Stone. Two- That's the fact. He has no stones. He's got no stones, is right. He's got no stones. Jeez, oh, no. <laughs> man, that's a bold statement. <laughs> but, Thanos um, was weak in this content. Physically weak. You mean like yeah. weak as a character? No, his character was rich, just enjoyable, funny. He oh. had a lot of humanity. It was really awesome to see him diversified like that. But 
I don't understand how one of the strongest entities, stones or no stones, couldn't take on two of his own lackeys from another timeline. But we never seen him fight without the stones. Sure, we did, we did, we did in the part two, and he they, he he died in the first five minutes. It is shots, but he's also injured too. He's also yeah, really weak. Um, he wasn't fighting that. Chris, what say? Oh, you already, Chris. What did you, what did you say? And you already this, started talking about you loved it. Oh man, I mean, look. After I watched this, I texted the group like, "Did you guys watch this?" Because it was yeah. the best like short form animated thing I've watched in years. In years, think of something it was better. Really good. I'll wait. I th- I'll tell you what I got really excited about is the idea that this version also gets to be the Black Panther at some point. Yeah, mm. I, I kept thinking that unbeknownst to him, his necklace was going to give him the suit. I kept yes. thinking like that's going to yeah. come. Oh, but man. I think them making me want that was brilliant. Even though I didn't get it, that that feeling of what he's destined for is beyond this adventure. So we're going to get like Black Panther in space. I mean, he literally turned into the greatest superhero of all time in this film. Yeah, this The greatest superhero of all time in the greatest timeline of all yeah. time. Um. I do have an issue with it. I mean, one of my big issues with this is as great as T'Challa is, and I buy into the fact that he is so infectious, he can change the world with his genuine kindness. And I can buy that everybody will follow him because I, as I said in the Batman versus Black Panther episode, that these kids are trained up from birth to excel. So by the time you meet a 10 year old T'Challa, intellectually, he's already surpassed everybody on that ship anyway, in philosophy, in science and everything. So for them, for him to pretty much rule without having to rule makes sense to me coming where he comes from. That being said, I don't see him being okay with believing his whole people died. Yeah. That conversation with Yandu was a bit of a stretch for me. And I can see him forgiving him. And I know that it's only like 30 minutes, but I'm like, you told me my people were, were dead. Like we saw how he responded. I know this is a different T'Challa because the T'Challa we saw in the movie grew up in Wakanda. But we saw how he responded when he found out his father kept a secret from him about Killmonger. He wasn't pleased. So it's yeah. like this this guy who is virtuous finding out, like, my mother's alive. He was not pleased, you know. But I think it's what you said. The content was moving so quick we couldn't make. Yeah. that For him to respond in that fashion, you would have needed an hour-long content so we could wrap back around to where we needed him to eventually wrap back around to anyway. So I guess the, the, the choice is do you go with a perfect ending? Or do you just make Wakanda? It was destroyed. That when he disappeared, his father opened up the border to find him. And their worst nightmare happened when they opened up the border, which is war, which is the the reason why they stayed separate. It happened because they needed to find T'Challa when he went missing. I would have been cool with that. And then on that ship, he finds like his birthright. He finds the suit. He finds the mantle. He finds maybe even the flower on that ship. Mm -hmm. I would have been cool with that. Well, that's what I thought was happening. I, I thought, thought that, that cool. thing lit up and he saw the suit. I was like, holy hell bag, we're getting Star, Star Panther. Panther. Star <laughs> Panther, baby. Um, I will say this. the Why this episode is so great for me is because it shows you a world that's perfect with a perfect Star Lord. It shows you how whack Peter Quill is. Like literally – <laughs> just you existing in space didn't like honestly T'Challa taking your place made the world a better place except not just the world the universe, universe. The universe. Oh, God, the universe. dude I'm yeah. telling you he became one the greatest thing one thing 
a perfect star lord must be sacrificed for average one because that average one is about to merge with his father and destroy Mm -hmm. the universe Mm -hmm. so this timeline actually probably ends in bloodshed because peter doesn't have the survival skills or the knowledge to resist his father like he did in guardians 2 right he's gonna merge with him ego's gonna have all the power and they're done I'm telling you, man, this was really a, a really great what if. So many what ifs. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, it, yeah. It, it set up, it set you up for a universe that wasn't something that we, that we, it was something that we haven't seen before. It just played out so perfectly. And I get your point where him finding out that his world was destroyed. I think if it was a longer format platform, they would have expanded that. You know, they would expand mm-hmm. that, but I think Jack is right. I think they had to keep it. They had to go through it quickly for pacing because we got a lot in these in this short period of time. I and know, but that that's one of the things where it's like I get for pacing, but you yeah, you, you need me to buy this. I know you're hoping that by this point, I believe T'Challa is that good of a person he can forgive that quickly. But it's like uh, you're you're stretching it for me here. I'll go with it, but you're stretching it for me. Yeah, it's that. And then also, I want to know how he talked down Thanos from this plan. Because Thanos seemed like he was very dedicated to this plan. He was like, this plan has to happen for the greater good of the universe. I want to know what was said, what happened. Like, I mean, it's cool that it did. It was fun to see. It was fun to see Thanos in another light. But at the same time, I feel like Thanos not that guy you could easily talk down. Yeah, you know, they would never, they would never be able to show us that either. Because there's nothing that he could have actually said that would have swayed Thanos. So it's one of those things where you give a pass. You go, I love that you worked it out. I know that it worked out somehow. I'm just going to go with that. That's better than you trying to show me something. that. Here's where I disagree. Here's where I disagree with you guys. I think that in any villain's timeline, there's a part where they can be reasoned with, depending on where you catch them in their lifespan. And if T'Challa has been in space since he was 10, it might have been for 10 years. It could have been 15 years ago that he met Thanos. Well, it, it, was, it was. Well, we know that it was before Gam- he Thanos met Gamora. So we right, know that right. it was so a while ago. For all I know is the child has been working on Thanos for a decade. And then, can I say about Thanos? <laughs> it, it, I so can buy even, that. Yeah. Even if we take the Thanos directly from the Marvel movies, which is the Thanos we're talking to, talking about right now. In his head, he's not a bad guy. He's not looking no. for personal gain. He's not looking for to trying conquer. to make things better. He's trying to make things better. In his head, he's doing the right thing because after he finishes that snap, what does he do? He goes to a remote place, lives a simple life as a farmer. So I think a guy who thinks they're doing the right thing and thinks they have the the universe's best interests in mind, that's a guy that may be open to to discussion because he and wants since, what's best for the universe. And since the Chala. But his upbringing is so far advanced. He's like, no, I live in a civilization that's figured out how to live in harmony. No, I know what peace looks like. Let me talk to you. You're 15 years old. What do you know? Let's just talk. He doesn't even have the first stone yet. Thanos is just a thought. And I can see like this young guy piquing Thanos' interest enough over the course of time to not. Well, and the know? fact that they say that that some version of something like that is what happened. I was like, yo, I'm I'm down for this content. This yeah. one got me. Yeah. I mean, the uh, I the thing I didn't like, here's something I didn't like. <laughs> Rich is not, Rich is like, <laughs> no. Because, yo, before he even got the stone, he was out there killing half of a population. He would go to a world and kill half the population of it before he started getting the, the Infinity Stones. Because he thought like, he that's was how, doing that's how we got. That's how he got Gamora. 
So he was already he already got the blunt on his hand. Like I don't like I don't know the whole time frame and everything. And maybe that's that's where I need to, to to look into. But I feel like even still he he's he's still that killer out there. You know he's still that 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 I think that he's warlord. I think he's a killer and a warrior, but even at the end of, um, in the beginning of Endgame, like Chris said, when he was like isolated in that little farmhouse, he wasn't laughing. He wasn't like pleased in yeah, a villain He was stroking way. his beard, like tw- what you go, he tw- was like, his mustache. it had to be done. Like I, 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 Gamora had to die. It had to be done. Well, so I think if you catch him earlier and you show him a different way, I don't know. We don't know that. Yeah, it's really it's a question of how long he'd been at it. I mean, how old is Thanos? Yeah, that's another question because Thanos had a rough life. Like, if you really break down Thanos, if you look back at Thanos as like whole upbringing in a utopia. Yeah, like he killed off his people. No, his planet died. His his people burned his planet out, kind of like Krypton. Uh, not like Krypton, but his planet burned out because it had a lack of resources. Well, maybe so I'm confusing the comics and wasteland. I might be confused in the comics and the MCU version of Thanos. Um, and then, like, and, and, and this is the big, you know, get out of jail free card, is they can always go, what if? Like, just because we told you what if he's Star-Lord doesn't mean there's not other. What if Thanos had both of his parents and lived a happy life? <laughs> what if, <laughs> you know, they're mercenaries? Like, they, they get to the get some leeway. That's why my only issue with it was, T'Challa being cool with being lied to because that's the only what if that doesn't make sense. And I know he wasn't yeah, cool with it, but the content isn't turnaround. The content is, if we're being real technical, it's how does one butterfly event change everything, right? So it's not yeah. what if this and what if this and what if that and what if this. That's like a dozen what ifs in one thing. It's it's one thing. What if Yandu had grabbed the wrong kid? That's the content we're watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that affect? You know what I would have loved? And this is the last thing I got to say about it because I enjoyed the whole thing. What I loved is, what I would have loved is that when he goes back to Wakanda, he's greeted by his dad, he's greeted by his mother, and he's greeted by Killmonger. Yeah, I was going to say. Because without him being there, his father leans on his brother. His brother has no reason to feel as though he has to hide this son I had with the outside world. Because we have to come together to find, or, or some reason, it would have been cool to see what we didn't see, which is they didn't war with each other. Right. They came together, and he's like, yes, I went into the outside world. I had a baby with this woman. And he's like, well, he's one of us. So when T'Challa comes back, this is your cousin, Eric. I just And I just seen him hugging out. Picture Michael B. Jordan animated, and, to, and he's hugging out. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Everything's good picture, in this world. Picture Michael B. Jordan, Jack. I would have been really happy to see that. Say hi, I had brother. a question. I had a question on why didn't the Ravagers just go back to get Peter? Like, like we got the wrong kid. Okay. We'll stick with this one. Like they already made the mistake. They recognized that the mistake was made. They still need to go back to get the kid. What was the reason in the beginning that they got Peter in the first place? Why they got Peter in guardians? Like why they chose to, they were paid him. to go get him. They, yeah. were, they were paid to they were get on, him. Yeah. They were on the contract. Who him. Because the collector, well, the collector they had the collector had paid them to get him because he knew that there was something special about the kid, and they didn't want him handing the kid over because because they if he was small he can get yeah. into small places. Yeah, they, they yeah, knew exactly. what would happen. That was the reason. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Why wouldn't they still go and get Peter? <laughs> they got the wrong kid. Because it wouldn't be what if. That, and that's the cop out. Yeah. What if they change their mind after meeting yeah. the child? <laughs> uh, man, I think this series is pretty dope. 
Um, I think we're going to see, we're going to see some hits. We're going to see some misses. I think the biggest thing about this series is if you're going in as a, as a trained MCU watcher and you're expecting things to interweave and worlds to open up, you could be disappointed with some of these. I think these, if, but if you come from reading what if comics, this is a cool one shot. You finish and you put it down. I think you'll find something to enjoy in most of these episodes, but I do not think at least now these are like opening the door up for these crazy multiverses. No, they're just one. Yeah. Just, they're what if comics yeah. and that's it. So that's all I got to say about that. That's my final thoughts. You guys have any final thoughts? That, well, the other thing is they are standalone content. So I so would far. highly, so far. So I highly recommend if you got H Disney, Disney plus, you got Disney plus, and you got the time and the interest, definitely watch the second episode. Is pretty great content. Right what if Cha Cha? What if Cha Cha was the Star Boy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's good content. The heart's there, Chris. I know how you feel. You love I, it. Yeah, I loved it. I thought this was the best short short format animation I've seen in years. Years? Okay. I'm um, telling you, I, and again, hey. I ask you, tell me something better. Death of Superman. Venom. <laughs> We're listening to Venom talk about how I'm not talking. Uh, I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about a short form. Death of Superman. Death of Superman. Talking. Oh, you said half hour? Yeah, half hour. Short well, form. That's very specific. What's uh, well, <laughs> thirty minute piece of content? The only thing that was good is the the only thing that rivals this uh, for thirty minutes is the episode of Batman um, where Commissioner Gordon gets shot. I've, it's arguable that most episodes of Batman the Animated Series might rival this episode. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's okay. I'm not I'm not knocking this episode. The feels are all there. But like if we didn't watch Black Panther, if we didn't already fall in love with all these characters because of the movies and we just watched this as just it's like a what if series outside of anything else, we'd have been like, it's cool. It's cool. Like if this came out, like a lot of the Marvel movies came out, like just one shot movies, we would have been like, this is all right. It's fine. But the fact that we've been on this journey, we bring a whole lot to the table. Yeah. But it by itself, most of these by themselves will be just okay. They know we're bringing all the narrative with us. Yeah. So I can't compare it to like, no, Batman the Animated Series in a bank on you watch 15 years of this universe and then you're going to come in. Honestly, that's that's a really great point because my my going, I wasn't happy seeing all the other characters in it. I had backstory with all the other characters I saw. Like everyone who had little cameos in, uh, in the second episode, I knew. Dude, you know? yeah. Drax saying, let's Drax. take a selfie because my wife I is going to love it. Wife. Yeah. Because we know his whole family is killed in our universe, in our timeline. Yeah. And he's still the same as You look terrible in this. I look right. Great. Like it's- <laughs> that being that being said, can this stand alone if you've no. never seen an MCU movie? No. And you're just watching like yeah. this, these yeah, cool no. what if episodes? Absolutely not. No. No. And there's a world where what if episodes can stand alone without you needing other information. Yeah, so but I can't. Really no, it can't. No, it can't. It's, it's it can't. not going to be rich. If you hadn't seen the first uh, Guardians movie, if you hadn't seen the Avenger films, if you hadn't seen Black Panther, like all the things that made that second episode so rich in content. Right. But people that's, maybe that's why it was better, too, because the, the first one was really just riffing off of the first Avenger. 
mm-hmm. you know, where this was riffing off of it, so much. It created a what if, but, yeah. but peep game. It's like, I use this as an example. It's not a great example. The flashpoint comic and animated movie didn't need me to know who Thomas Wayne was for years to get on board with him being Batman. Cause they structured the film in a way where we don't need you to come with a bunch of narrative. Cause we're going to, tell this compelling story and build this character within the thing you're watching, yeah. which is very different than this saying, we're not going to build any of these characters. We built them outside of this episode. I so I can't that- say that this is the best because it really depends on you come, you doing your homework. Yeah, it does. But I think that's the whole nature of what if, right? Cause it, what if goes under the premise that we know these stories already, but what if one small factor no. was different? If, if if I was a casual Spider-Man fan and I picked up what if Aunt May got bit, that's a self-contained story. And I don't need to read 30 years of Spider-Man to enjoy this comic because it's going to have right. its own beginning, middle and end. But, but if you did. <laughs> hey, don't knock my what ifs. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the if you had read 30 years of Spider-Man content, that what if would have been more enjoyable, arguably. And we're going to see that in all these. All yeah. these Marvel what-if things, if you haven't been watching every film that's come out, one, you're probably not listening to this podcast in the first place. Not this and, episode. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, certainly not this episode. But um, of course it's going to be richer if you've seen the content that they're pulling all their what-if material from. We're not seeing what-if Wolverine fought Hulk. We're seeing what-if established MCU characters did other things in that universe. Yeah. We're not going to see X-Men. We're not going to see that. And I think that what I loved it, but, but for me to say it's the best version of animated in this time thing is like, there is a world in which you can make something so good. It stands on its own. But if you do know this stuff, it's even better. Yeah. For example, Superman and Lois. I love that show. You do not need to know all the Superman and Lois canon. To enjoy that show, you can come in first day, day one, and not even know Superman that much. First episode, you're in and you're caught up. Lawrence, Here, you're, you're failing to recognize who said this comment you're sticking to. Who said it? <laughs> the guy who also said Venom was the best movie ever made. You're right, man. Let's go to recommendations. What am I talking about? <laughs> recommendations. Okay, I got some recommendations. All right, for you guys that loved What If, you guys know. Me, Lars St. Victor. I'm a big DC fan, but I really do appreciate and love Marvel too. So if you want a DC What If, which is called Elseworlds, which is now called Black Label, here's some really cool DC What Ifs to jump into. You have first Superman speeding bullets. What if that ship landed in Gotham City instead of Smallville? And it was the Waynes who brought in Kal-El and named him Bruce. And what if that Bruce saw his parents die? He becomes Batman and has all the powers of Superman. It's a really great comic. I highly recommend it. Another what if stories, and it's another Superman one. Yeah, I guess you guys can tell I love Superman, is if what if Superman's ship landed in the Soviet Union? What if he became their Uberman? Russian Superman. Russian Superman. Yeah. Um, there's a really great comic. I suggest you jump in the comic. The animated movie is good too, but the comic, I mean, of course the comic is always going to be just much more richer. So Red Sun, and then this is pretty new. Batman White Knight, DC's black label is out of continuity. Basically, what if Batman goes too far 
and drugs the Joker to the point where the Joker is now sane. And the Joker is kind of the one trying to save Gotham, where Batman and everyone around him are now questioning Batman's motives. What happens if the situations flip? Those are my recommendations. 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 Thank y'all so much for tuning in, man. We had so much fun talking and watching this stuff. We are geeks before being geeks were cool. Um, we're on Instagram, Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. Go ahead and, and follow us, man. We dropping content all the time, all day long, every single day. And make sure you 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 download these episodes and follow us, man. We're putting on an episode every single week. Join the community, join the conversation. We'll see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Peace. He's out. <laughs>